0: Hello everyone! Welcome to one brand new episode of Hospitality One Hundred and One. For those who don't know me, allow me to introduce myself once again. My name is Jaleska. I am a hotelier. I have uh, spent a fair amount of time working in hotels in Middle East, mainly, and I wanted to make this this podcast to talk about talk about all the stories that I have uh, lived and experienced and seen behind the scenes in the hotels, also front of the house. Uh, since they are quite many and quite funny, and I, uh, the idea of this podcast was actually to make it with a uh, couple of my friends. However, the circumstances didn't allow it, so that's why I'm here by myself telling the stories that uh, I'm sure some people will be amused to hear. So before we start with today today's story, uh, I actually want to shout out to uh, Eduardo, the guy from the last uh, episode's story. The guy that I inco- encountered in the at the airport in in Doha, once I arrived, he actually messaged me a few days back, uh, telling me that he had heard the episode on the podcast and that he was also laughing, remembering the story. So thank you for for listening to the story. Thank you for listening to the podcast as well. I honestly didn't know someone was actually listening to my podcast apart from from my my three friends. <laughs> But it was a nice surprise, so thank you for for listening. And yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite stories to tell. I always, uh, whenever I have the chance to tell to people, I do because it is really to me one one very funny story and one that I treasure as a memory. So now that we can get into the story, uh, just today I was remembering uh, (laughs) a very dramatic story. Uh, Well, not as dramatic as I maybe could have ended, Now that you remember it, it's more like a funny story, like a weird story. So, back in the days uh, when I was working in Doha we had this colleague, she was from the kitchen department, she was chef, Uh, I think she was commie 3 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, She was kind of new in the hotel, I think she had uh, probably less than a month or two, maybe I'm wrong, maybe more, maybe less by the time this story happened. And just to go straight to the point, she was a little bit kind of like a, I, w- I wouldn't like to say weird w- word, but she was just like a different kid. Uh, she was having this, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, weird sub-topics topic whenever we were having a conversation with her. Uh, she had like this kind of antics that uh, were also a little bit weird. Uh, And she's just, you know, it it was just not the usual kind of uh, person you will encounter. And uh, and just to be fair and clear uh, on this, when you work in a multicultural environment, uh, you will find many people and many things weird to you since you're dealing with many different cultures. Uh, So I mean, just to be fair, uh, we found, I mean, I particularly found uh, this person a little bit weird. Uh, considering all the things that I already had passed and know in different cultures, but yeah, I mean, she just she just was a little bit uh, different from the rest, just to put it that way. And uh, one day happened uh, that we uh, actually heard the story that she came all the way to the top of the hotel, which I think it was a twenty-three floor, twenty-three store f- uh, hotel building. And uh, she went all the way to the top, to the roof, to the rooftop on the twenty-third floor. And security team in the hotel, they caught her right there because they saw her on the cameras of the hotel, and she was on the edge of the building, on the edge of the roof. Apparently, she was just there standing. Obviously, when security sees that image of her on the rooftop, right at the edge of the of the top of the building you will think of the worst thing, obviously, because you don't usually see those images. And according to what we know, when we see a person in that position on the edge of the roof, it's because uh, probably they want to do something that is not uh, a good thing. Uh, So security, they ran to to the rooftop to try to see what was going on. And when they asked her what she was doing there, she just said, no, I just wanted to see the view from the top. So uh, obviously, security, uh, well, they took her out of the rooftop. Thankfully, nothing happened. Uh, And she was brought to the accommodation that day. So the next thing we know is that uh, apparently, HR, Human Resources, they call on her mother to take her out of the country, obviously. Uh, Apparently, that in the determination on her, given that she has some sort of a uh, psychological issues apparently uh, so just to be on the safe side her mother she flew all the way to to doha so she could flew her back to their to their country and yeah that's uh that's one of the stories uh, that I remember today because uh, i recently moved to a different country to work in a different company of hotels and when I got to my accommodation, I realized uh, when I wanted to open the window, the window was completely sealed and locked, uh, f- preventing us from opening the window. And I saw a paper on the coming from the management team says that the windows will remain locked, and if we ever try to open the windows, uh, we will be probably uh, targeted for for giving a warning. So it was curious to me that uh, the windows could not be open. Uh, the first Thing I thought was that okay maybe it's because of the Sam stores or because of the I don't know the something else the wind the heat I don't know because currently I'm living in in Middle East still in 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 the UAE so that that was my first thought I mean it's not like I wanted to open the window anyways but uh, yeah it, it was completely sealed so it just caught my attention I just asked uh, one of my colleagues in the hotel why the windows were completely sealed uh, in every room apparently and it all means because people in the past actually had jumped out of their window uh and and yeah they had killed themselves basically so uh that's uh, apparently it's a common thing that happens in the in the hotel and uh, when you happen with in the back of the scenes with all the layers, and it's just uh, it, it comes to my atten- my attention that i mean it has to do with a mental health kind of issue that uh here in in, in middle east in the conditions that some workers are and please uh, correct myself not some workers most of the workers are kind of end up affecting a lot of your mental health and i want to walk you through it to understand a little bit more why do i think that way um so for those who don't know how the the hospitality business works in middle east uh, when it comes to the benefits for the employees Benefits meaning uh, the accommodation, the the transportation, the meals, uh, the salary, their um, days off, vacations, public holidays, and so on. Basically, uh, I will just speak from my story. When I signed in for an internship contract uh, back in my days in Doha, that was the first time I was traveling uh, abroad to work abroad. My contract was basically for less than a $300 salary, I think it was less than that, uh, more probably $290, um, with one day of a week, working 48 hours a week, and you, was, you were entitled uh, for an accommodation, and you were entitled for well, your meals in the cafeteria back in the hotel. The accommodation locally, uh, I had what I think one of the best accommodations uh, in the whole region, if I'm not lying with this comment, uh the accommodation was pretty great you had you know uh, your big kind of this big flat all furnished uh with a big kitchen you have your your washing machine over there Uh, you had two toilets one three toilets actually Uh, one in the master bedroom one in the middle of the house Uh, you had two two beds in each room uh, two uh, roommates in each room and then you have probably six to five flatmates and it was a pretty nice place to live uh, then you have the transportation. It was basically a bus that was driving you uh, every hour from the accommodation to the hotel back to the hotel for the accommodation so it's i mean from from an outside perspective, you will say that well actually it 's not a, a, a bad life I mean you actually have a lot of benefits and if on top of that, you add that you 're working for one of the you know most important luxury hotel chains in the world, and you're getting to work with. Uh, multicultural team and meet a lot of people and uh, meet a lot of uh, customers from over the world and live a different experience, you, you kind of think that it's a, a pretty big offer and it's a pretty big deal, which it is, actually. It's a great opportunity, one that I, I don't ever regret doing uh, or taking. Um, and it's truly, I mean, if it wasn't because of that opportunity taking I wouldn't be in the place that I'm in today and we wouldn't have lived some of the greatest experience in my life and I wouldn't have met many of the wonderful and beautiful people that i have met through all my life however the downside of it that many people don't see and that uh, probably might lead you to jump out of the roof or jump out of your window room like the beginning of the stories of the p- of the episode is that when you start a war basically what happened to me uh you find yourself working in this, uh, you know, very fast rhythm, which is uh, the hospitality itself, uh, and it is like that in every part of the world. Not just Middle East. Uh, maybe Middle East might be a little bit uh, more challenging uh, because of the multicultural aspect, obviously, and because of the uh, local customers, which also might be a little bit challenging sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you find yourself working in this, uh, in, in this highly Operational and demanding uh, the service. If you are in the FMB in the B department, just like me, uh, and then y- you know, after some time, at the beginning, you're you're kind of like okay, you're trying to get used to it. You're trying to get used to also of the fact that you're having just one day off a week, uh, and that uh, you know, basically, in that day, you you get to do all the things that you were used to do before, like laundry, sleeping, getting some rest, getting to uh, get together with your friends, with your family, if you have any with you and, uh, you know, get to know the city and get to, you know, just do something to just clear your mind out of, out of work. Uh, and eventually you do get to use to get used to it. However, uh, it's not always as it's supposed to be. So uh, what, what what I do, I mean by this, uh, after you are already like full hands-on operation, you need to understand one thing about hospitality and uh, hotel uh, hotelier life is that I remember back in school when I was studying in Venezuela in hotel school Venezuela. I had one professor that she used to say uh, one phrase that is is stuck with me uh, since the very first day I heard it, and is that the hotelier he knows at what time he will start his shift, but he doesn't know at what time he will finish his shift and that is one of the greatest truth about hospitality uh, especially if you work in the operational area because you do know at what time you can start your schedule as what it says but you have no clue certainly at what time you will finish because sometimes the work is just so much that you will inevitably have to do uh tons of extra hours and tons of overtime and also sometimes you might have your off being cancelled resulting in a very long and exas- exhausting week without having just some time to clear your head. So, uh, again, I would speak from my own experience. Uh, back in my day in Doha, one of the greatest challenges that I encountered was working with to the par- uh, two outlets in F&B, which was the banquets, and also the in restaurant. Uh, moreover, it was also one of the pre-opening restaurants, but that's a different story. But Going back to the only dining, um, again for those who don't know much about FMB, the OLE dining restaurant is basically the one who takes care of the takes care of the breakfast operation uh, during the hotel stay, and also takes care of the lunch operation and the dinner operation. So hence is one of the most the one of the busiest operations in the hotel, if not the busiest when they come to the outlet. And most probably you will find the biggest FMB team, outlet team in the OLE dining restaurant. And one thing that you will find in every hotel, that's m- probably a common thing, is that the other dining restaurant will never have enough staff for the operation. No matter what you do, it will always be not enough <laughs> for the whole big operation that you have. So honestly, when I got there, obviously uh, it wasn't a, 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 like a full enough operation. Uh, you didn't have enough uh, equipment, enough uh, uh, people on the service. I remember that by the time I got there, there wasn't an official manager taking care of the outlet, so there was a different manager taking care of it. So, you know, it was already a very challenging operation. However, uh, I tell this, I do tell this to every person who works in F&B. If you are new in F&B working in a hotel, I do advise you to go to the Oligame operation because you will learn a lot of things there that will help you for sure uh, to develop your career in the future for any other uh, outlet in the the F&B department. But that's a whole different story as well. But, yeah, going back to the story and what I'm telling you this, uh, relating this to the subject of the mental health, is that when I was working there, I experienced these kind of things. I was starting my shift at probably 6 in the morning, so it was supposed to be 6 to uh, 3 p.m. in the evening. However, I don't remember a day that I had left earlier than 5 p.m. I was always leaving at 5, 6, 7 on the branches day, i was sometimes living at 10 p.m so you can do the count of the hours you know working from 6 in the morning all the way to 10 p.m sometimes 11 p.m and you know just because you had to have everything ready for the next day operation and on top of that you know you, you have to deal with sometimes not having any of your meals because you know you just wake up you have a very quick breakfast in the morning because you have to go to the restaurant to prepare everything Said that everything is ready before the guests start to come at 6 in the morning. Uh, then when it's lunch time, you have to get everything ready for the brunch operation. Uh, and, you know, also you have to be prepared that everything is ready, that all the equipment is is, is washed and polished for the, from the breakfast operation to the lunch operation. And then after brunch is over, you have to <laughs> basically fight a, a, a whole hour or two hours with their drunk guests, try to get them out of the restaurant, which they don't want to. Uh, get them to pay and then after that you have to get everything ready for uh, either the dinner time if it's dinner or if it's not dinner f- just for the next day breakfast operation and it's a lot so you might ask yeah but i mean why you guys don't have two ships to to cover it and again it goes to the VC operation that you know normally they won't have enough uh manning to cover the operation and even if you do you still have to need support because the operation might become uh, busier than uh, is expected in the forecast, and that's when you need to call for help. And if you call for help, most probably you cannot uh, just tell your staff to go uh, because you're counting on them to run the operation because they are the ones we are the ones who know the operation, no? So we have to also actually help the people who's coming there for help, to guide them in the service and the operation to whoever in order to have a smooth ter- service. So you already have in mind the hours that we were doing, that I was doing uh, uh, in that time in the team. Uh, so you can imagine it was like probably two hours uh, a day, uh, sometimes three, sometimes three four. So at the end of the week, I was doing more than 48 hours, obviously. I was doing probably 60 to 65 hours, waking really early in the morning, then just getting very less sleep, uh, around six to five hours, and then again, uh, going back to work. And by the time I was leaving work, and I was getting home. Uh, I really didn't have much to do. I didn't have too many people to talk to because my friends, they were all in different shifts. You know, they were all working in different outlets. Uh, the ones that I was working with in, in my same outlet, you know, they were we were all just so tired that we didn't really want to do anything. We just wanted to go to bed because we knew that we had to wake up early to go to work and uh, so, you know, pretty much my life was just, you know, going to work working just pretty much the whole day there. Then going back to my house, just have a cookie or something, then you go to sleep, and then alas, you have to work again, wake up again to, to go to work. And then on my days off, that sometimes it will be canceled, sometimes, I'm not saying that every time, because uh, it was not the case, but sometimes you had to be canceled because of the business demand. And so you can imagine that, uh, you know, after you spend <laughs> six days of the week working really hard, doing overtime, and then you just heard that you was going to be canceled. Uh, then of course, you know, you get even more, lots of uh, tiredness to your body, and then just ends up in a very exhausted body and mind that, uh, you know, with time, it would just become as a numb person, as a numb brain and as a person who doesn't have much energy left. So, you know, sometimes also you have to do the split shift. We have to be, you know, you you just come to work in the morning really quick, and then you just go to uh, have a quick sleep in the evening, and you come back in the nighttime for dinner service. And uh, even though it wasn't as bad as doing extra time, uh, it wasn't really an ideal shift. So uh, what I'm trying to make you look here is that at the end of the day, you were not having or I was not having enough time to actually have a distraction from work or have a social life. You know, I remember I was having very less time to talk to my family, which was away from me. Uh, when I had my friends there, I was, you know, having very less time to actually talk to them. Again, for many different reasons. Uh, some of the reason was because, you know, in my days off, uh, I was just really just wanting to rest and sleep. And um, the days I wanted to go out, my friends were not able to go out because they were working or with different shifts or some of the stories. So. At the end, it it becomes quite difficult to try to deal with all the work load that you have. And that's only me being a server, or so sometimes an intern at the beginning. Uh, So you can imagine that as you keep growing in the company or in the business itself, you obviously uh, need to deal with more responsibilities and more loss of work. And with more responsibilities over, obviously, in this, at least in this profession, you have to, you know, you got to give up more of your time, time that maybe you were using before to take care of yourself or your social distractions of just, you know, uh, anything that you want to do out of work. Now that time has to be given to, you know, to to your professional life. And, you know, the way I see it is never a good thing because uh, anything that you do in life, you probably will have to put your health and personal things first uh, rather than the work first because otherwise you will end up uh not in a good place, however, the things with this profession especially the hospitality and I will say you know compared to i will say medicine or army or i'm not sure uh, engineering maybe you really have to put up and and come to terms with the fact that your life as you knew it or your Normal life, as it is compared to other people's life, social life, it is not the same. And it will not be the same because the hospitality business is very much demanding of your personal space, and that's why most of us, the people that we work in this business, most of the friends that we have, and it's a normal, natural thing, and and most of the couples that we have, you know, are. are boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you wanna call it, comes from this business, from the hospitality business because we are the only people who actually get to understand uh, the way we work and our work rhythm and our schedules and why sometimes we have to, you know, cancel a supper or we have to cancel some plans or we have to be extremely late to an invitation because we just had to stay a little bit more at work because you know, it, the business were demanding for you know uh, and you know this is this is again this is focused to the operational side of the of the of the hotel i'm talking about the people who work in the F&B, all the restaurants uh you know room service uh, all the dining and so on and so on and the people who also work in the in the front desk concierge spa you know because that's the operational area of the hotel people who m- probably work in the offices side like hr finance it um uh, I don't know, uh, any other department, you call it marketing, uh, sales, for them might be a different thing, a different story, because you know, that's probably a, a schedule of eight to five, you know, an office schedule, which I, I have absolutely nothing against, too. I actually get jealous of these people sometimes, because, you know, they have a pretty much normal schedule and a fixed off which is something that, you know, is, is, is kind of awesome, because uh, when you are in the operational side, you're of miss that. Uh, you know, but however, sometimes even those people have seen, and they have to extend sometimes because you know work demands as well. Uh, because you know, when when a hotel is busy, pretty much every person in the hotel is, is suffering that load. But especially the people who works in the operational area. So, just just going back to the focus of it, when your time seems to be pretty much compromised, but work, and you don't have to get time to just get a distraction for yourself. Uh, in a way that you can remain kind of sane uh, and not losing over the fact that you're always stressed out or you're always just thinking about work and dreaming about work and, and talking about work and always worry about work, like, you know, what might happen if I'm not there or, uh, you know, I, did I did this well, did I remember to call this person to approve this and so on and so on. Uh you know, at the begin, at the end, you, you might end up just being completely uh, sucked or stuck by all these things that are just uh, related to work. So that's why I do believe that as the people who work in the operational side area of the hotel, we just have to find a way to just clear our heads out from work. And... Many people might have many different ways to do it. Uh, you know, some people, they the, the way they do it, they just decide to go outside and just have a walk with uh, the friends, going to have a lunch, going to have dinner, breakfast. Some people prefer just to go, you know, take a beer. Some people just prefer to stay at home uh, during their day off or uh, after they come from work, just watch a movie, TV, or anything, just listen to music and that's it. Uh, you know, everyone has their own methods. My personal methods, uh, well, Dave Array, when I was in Doha, I remember I was spending, uh, trying to spend as much la- time as I could with my friends. Uh, you know, just to talk about the, the, the whole uh, all the experience that we had had at work. Uh, you know, it was, it's very helpful when you have people around you that can listen to you and that can uh, just, you know, talk to you about different stuff and make you laugh and just uh, make you forget a little bit about whatever things might happen uh, at work that might stress you out. Uh, also, you know, when you are able to talk to these people, like I said again, uh, in this industry, the hoteliers are the only people who actually get to understand you when you talk about some stuff, and it's just kind of good to release, uh, some, some tension or some sort of, uh, stress that you might have with them because, you know, they can have some, uh, plug into the conversation because they can understand where you're coming from or what you're saying. So it's good to talk about that with them because when you, maybe if you tell the same story. Or the same issue to a different person like I don't know uh, you know I don't know a friend of you that is not a hotelier or 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 your mother or your sister that doesn't know about that uh you know you might not have the same feedback or comfort that you might have if you talk to someone who actually can understand where you're coming from uh you know and and even though you're not looking for any advice or anything just comfort it just feels good to just you know release that thing and, and not feel like you're you're just being I don't know uh someone that is complaining about having a job basically and also apart from that uh, something that I do to try to distract myself out of work Uh, personally I I just I I love to just spend some time uh, playing music Uh, for those who don't know I I play uh, guitar and ukulele Uh, and that's something that really helps me a lot to just try to it relieves some stress. Uh, that's something actually that I do automatically for me whenever I come from work, almost in a robot mode. I just get home, remove my shoes, remove my makeup, uh, wash my face, and I go straight to my bed, take my guitar or whatever is near to me, uh, the ukulele guitar, and I just like really automatically, like a robot mode, I just start to play you know, a few strings and a few songs, maybe I can sing a little bit, but that's just something that I do automatically, and, and I've come to realize that's the way I, I, I like to relieve, you know, and I like to just also release from and, and distract myself and distance myself from all the stress that I had at, had at work that day. Um, and it helps, because automatically after I play some music, you know, like just five to ten minutes, not even much or even less than that, uh, I just feel way better, and after I do that, that's when I, you know, just try to pick up my phone and say, okay, you know, I might text my mom, I text my friends, I might just, you know, go out and just have a cup of, I don't know, coffee or anything, or you know, whatever it is, or I might just, you know, take a shower and go to bed and you know, just watch a movie, and that's gonna be it, you know. But before I do that, I just just disconnect myself from work because uh, you know, the the whole day you're just thinking about work and thinking about uh, you know, operation details, staff. Uh, uh, this and that, issues, not issues, things that you have to do and things you forget to do and that you probably have to do earlier or before and tomorrow. And you just have to find the space that you in, in the day for you to distract yourself and disconnect to it. I read once that, I'm not sure how the quote exactly was, but it was something like, if, if you are very stressed out, uh, sorry, if you have time to do meditation in the day, you should do at least um, five to 10 minutes. And if you don't have time to do meditation in a day, you should, lo- you should do at least 20 to 25 minutes. And you know, the, basically the, the, the quote, what he wants to say is that uh, the more stressed out you are, the more uh, you need the time to actually meditate yourself and uh, meditate, do meditation, sorry, and uh, just find some time to, to disconnect and, and breathe in and breathe out in order to basically not go crazy because it might lead you to just want to jump out of your window like it happened here in the place that I'm working in and uh, I mean to be honest I don't want to be uh, like someone an advocate to or encourage anyone to jump out of any window or to do anything else like that but I mean you you can only get to understand the frustration that you might find uh, in not getting out of that routine uh, or out of that bubble I do gotta say that uh, you know, during the last events of last year and this year currently with the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, this lifestyle got even a little bit rougher because on top of the thing that you had to do that you were just basically in this routine of work, accommodation, work, accommodation, accommodation, work. Uh, you have to be also in the bubble of not being able to see your friends or seeing the people that you know, will re- will help you and re- help you to release all these emotions after some time. And you didn't even have the chance to, to hug anyone or just, you know, just talk to anyone face to face. And that's something that person for me, it really did affect me a lot. Uh, last year I was working and this year I was working also in Kuwait and there in Kuwait, the restrictions were extremely, extremely tough, not only in the country itself, but also in the company in the accommodation that I was living in. Uh, at the beginning, we were allowed to actually, you know, to spend some time in other people's room, you know, to watch a movie, to get together, to just cook something, and then you just can spend some time there. We were not able or allowed to get out of the accommodation at all. Uh, we were basically, you know, in our own accommodation, uh just in our own lockdown to avoid the virus to spread uh, inside and which actually it did help because we had at least in four months three three to two cases of coronavirus among us but it really took a toll on us uh after one month i think of those restrictions the restrictions got a little bit tougher and we were not even able to visit our friends outside whenever we were going to the cafeteria and accommodation we had to sit in different tables we were not able to sit together and you know that that human interaction whether you like it or not whether you think you are not a social person whether you think that you don't like to be you know a, a touchy touchy person that you don't like hugs or whatever after sometimes you realize that you do need this socializing thing and that you do need to you know just be able to talk to a person and just be able to be hug or hug a person uh because it does help a lot, and and especially in this part of the world uh, where people just come basically to work to make clean money, as they call it, uh, the people that you know here and the people that gets close to you and that becomes your friend, they, the the bond that you do with them is way much stronger than the bond that you might do with the people that you work in your you know your local country or city or whatever you come from and the reason is because when you are here you're basically you are away from from everything that you've ever known and from everyone that you've ever known To I mean your friends your family your relatives the people that uh, you love the people that you hated the people that supported you the people that didn't support you you are away from all of them and when you are here uh, you're you're basically you know an alien and everyone's an alien here Uh, alien you know meaning you're you're a foreign person Uh, and so Basically, we're all away from all of that, so any connection that you do with any people, any person, becomes very important because it is with these people that you get to find a second family, and it's, it's basically a chosen family, which makes it, it makes it even more important because these are the people that you actually get to like and say, well, you actually, you know, I like this human being, and I like this human being for, for you know, create happy memories, so those interactions become immediately more and more important and those memories and those you know little episodes of time that you get to spend with them they are even more uh, enjoyable so that's why when when i personally got uh, removed the chance to enjoy that during the quarantine last year uh it really it really did affect me a lot uh even till this year we didn't ever had really the chance to continue socializing to ensure the accommodation at least, uh, it, it just takes a toll on you. you. You feel like, man, I'm just missing the human interaction. And I think it's a feeling that most of the people is feeling around the world with coronavirus. Um, but I mean, if on top of that, you just put how's the reading of the of an leader here in Middle East, uh, I think also some part of the world, it is really a very, Unique and stressful situation that you just had to learn how to deal with it or how to cope with it Otherwise, you will become a little bit crazy and you will be uh, falling into a very dark place that uh, It might start to play with your brain in in, in ways that are not good at all uh, And by that I mean just basically going to depression and anxiety which uh, I think have affected a lot of people in the past year and in the past months so um when it comes to mental health, uh, I mean, by, by all of this story, I don't want to say, like, the companies here, they don't take care of the ho- mental health. Uh, I mean, in, from my experience, again, talking about the places that I work in, uh, you know, th- these companies, they do take care of that in the way that they try to make like, these um, programs and trainings about mental health and they want to you know offer their help saying you know if you are uh, going through this moment just please do this training it will help you and you know th- they try to just to find a way uh in order to do that because obviously i mean the first thing they don't want to do is that people uh, go through bad times uh, because obviously that will affect their performance and if it does affect their performance most probably that person is just going to go out of the company you know just going to resign looking for a better place a better you know environment in which they can be happier basically um But you know, uh, it's just, uh, it's it's not, even though that they have the best intentions to help, it most probably will not do nothing. uh, Because uh, when you are just sent to a place like this, and just go to this place, we'll talk about this stuff. You know, if you're feeling bad, just let me know. And it's a place, you know, a room full of people, maybe six to 50 people there. uh, You don't feel safe enough to actually share what this is that, is going through your head you know uh, it's different if you go to a therapist or if you go to a friend itself and you can tell the story you know this is what happened to me because you have the trust or at least in the therapist you feel in a safe environment but if you go there uh, because you were sent to go there to share about whatever is happening in your head or your feelings uh, you don't really feel safe to, f- to share anything and you don't really feel like they actually care because you feel okay maybe they're just doing this because uh, they don't want me to resign or they just, uh, I don't know, they just do this because uh, they want to pretend they actually care for us. Uh, like, again, like I said, uh, it, it is not what I think. I do think they actually care about what you actually, uh, uh, you know, your, your mental health. But at the same time, I do believe that something else can be done. Like uh, something else can actually... Uh, like a different action can be taken in order to to help those people who think that they might need uh, a, a different kind of uh, support. Um, by this, I mean you know something as easy as just allowing your insurance to pay for a psychologist. Uh, you know because you know the insurance they it in might cover whatever things happens to you physically, like I don't know injuries or any disease or any other type of thing that might happen to your body, but whatever's happened to your mind it's not actually covered by the insurance. So that's something that I honestly don't know how is it possible because if it's one part of your body that is completely affected and continuously affected by work is your 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 brain, I mean, and, and, and in many, many ways. Um, i i think also that one of the things when I was back in the school in Venezuela, I remember there was this option for students that there was a psychologist in, in the hotel, and it was free for students just to go there and talk about whatever you want to talk about that and I think it was a very brilliant, brilliant, brilliant move because you know with students and i mean the reason why they had this option in the school because it's the professors they understood i mean they were all hoteliers and they were all actually people who had work in the hospitality business they were graduated from the same school they understood that. Actually, you know, uh, these students are actually going through a lot because they have the loads of being a student and whatever things, responsibilities that they have at school. They also have to basically work in hotel school, which is also you know adding certain stress because you're working with the public, you're work, working with customers, and on top of that, you had to they had to deal with whatever things happening in the personal life, you know, outside of work, outside of the school, and sometimes it might be too much. So that's why they had this option open for psychology. So, I always have said and I always had think that. Uh, has have thought sorry that if they had this option available in the hotel it would be a magnificent magnificent choice for those people who are not going through a good time or think that they might actually need some professional help to just go there and try to you know heal themselves and actually see that whatever issue they might have it might be actually something they can fix and there is a solution for them and then actually not going through uh, like a bad place, or they're just weird people going through a, a different phase or different stage. They're just, you know, human beings who are happening to not going through a, a good time. They're happening to ex- be experiencing some things that uh, might be a negative negative situation, but that can actually be fixed. You know, and that is actually a more common thing that uh, we might think because uh, the, the 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 fact that not all of us show whatever f- things we're feeling, uh, probably as obvious as some other people do. Let's say some of us are more emotional than probably no other people are, or some of us are better hiding feelings than some other people do. That doesn't mean that we're not all going through some you know rough, uh, tough things, times in our lives. So that's what I do believe, that that's a good thing or a good thing that, you know, my, the hotels might do in order to support their employees just to have this, I don't know, at least insurance just to cover that um, professional mental health uh, aid or at least just to have someone in the hotel that might actually, you know, you can just go there whenever you're just not feeling completely well and please just open heart to them and tell them about whatever thing is happening in your life. Whatever it is something related to the hotel, whatever it is something completely out of work uh, whatever something happening in your personal life or anything else that is affecting your heart and, and mind and um th- this again goes to the question that uh if going back to the story of the lady who was going in the roof the top of the hotel or the people who had jumped out of the window here had they had the opportunity to to go to any Psycho- psychiatrist clinic, in order to speak to a therapist or a psychologist about whatever reasons that had done they had made them jump out of that window or had made they made them go all the way to the rooftop of the building. If they had the chance to actually talk this thing through, maybe those things would not happen. Uh, maybe those things uh, would have just been you know something that it was staying in a notion, an idea, and, and and maybe, you know, they would have the chance to just uh, heal and, and and be just, you know, overcome whatever things that had happened to them and, and be, be a better person of themselves. Uh, you know, sadly, they didn't have it, and that's why, you know, now we're talking about those stories. So that's why I do believe that it, it, since we don't have that option here, uh, and it's just something that uh it might probably not happen in the future any soon because i think if uh, it was something to be done it would have done much sooner than that because just like i have these stories i'm pretty 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 sure that there are many many more stories like that in many other hotel companies not just here in the middle east but around the world um just like that uh I, I i know that maybe in the future you will continue to have those stories uh but, you know, what we can do from our side is just that try as much as possible to deal with our own, own emotions in the best way that we can. Uh, you know, if we think our therapy is just to go talk to one of our best friends, we can just definitely go ahead and do that. If we think our therapy is just to read a very nice book about any subject that we like, we can might as well do, it, do go ahead and do that. If we think our therapy is just to, you know, Go in, in the bedroom and just put in your earphones and dance into your favorite beats and favorite songs. Just go ahead and do that. You know, just do anything that you feel like it's just your 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 secret space, like your 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 sacred space that you just can can go there to do whatever you want to do to be completely happy, to be completely away from anything that can disturb you, to, from any thought, from work, from any stress thing that might just take you you know, disturb you view in your outside world. And once you find that place, when you find, once you find that, that zone place, uh, it's good to have it safe and, and sacred uh, for you in order to, to come back there many, many times, as much as you need to, uh, for you to have a balance uh, between your, you know, your, your work life and, and your your personal life. And and the one thing that helps to people that is here, away from, from, from everything, from home, from your friends, from anything, uh, one uh, thing that helps for me a lot is, is to talk to my family. Uh, I try to at least, at least once a week, uh, because sometimes, you know, with workloads, uh, it might not allow you to, to, to do it uh, as often as you probably want to, also probably as I want to, but at least, at least once a week, I try to call my family, uh, my mom and my sister, and just talk to them about whatever things that happens, um, and that helps a lot. And also, you know, try to call a friend that you probably don't have a lot of time to talk to as before, uh it he helps a lot also to do it. Or just, you know, go out and have a coffee with them, some of your friends, or go just go out and have a drink, a lunch, breakfast. Or just go out and walk and, and, and with your friends without doing nothing, just stay there with them. That that's just that feeling is just being there with someone safe and someone that you know is just not going to ask you a million questions about work or just going to continuously poke you about, you know, work deadlines, operation, or whatever thing it is about work. That's something, a a very soothing feeling. So that's my advice to you, that's what I do. Uh, Yeah, so if you ever go through something like that, know that you're not alone. Know that uh, this is very challenging uh, profession for, for most of the people who are here still working in hospitality and know that, uh, you know, I do believe we are very brave people uh, to work in this business. Not everyone will actually last in this business a lot. I think if you have more than three or four years working in hospitality business, I think, you know, you are pretty much a very, very, very brave person and very tough person too, especially if you work in operations. Because, you know, working with the public and handling customers is never an easy thing. And if on top of that you add the whole stress of working a, a big operation in the hotel that involves many, many different things, not just what people see in the front of the house, uh, you know, people might think the restaurant operation might be just as easy as just running some beverage and running some food and, you know, cleaning some tables and taking some orders. But, you know, uh, behind the scenes, there's much more than that. You know, there is a lot of paperwork that have to be done in order to get the equipment, there is a lot of managing, a lot of organization. A lot of uh, you know schedules, meetings, uh, POs, orders, uh, suppliers—many, many things that you have to do. That you know, people don't see uh, in front of the house, but back of the house, there is a lot of things that have to be done. And you know, again, going back to the main subject, in order to do that, you have to compromise a lot of things from your personal life as well, because it will end up taking a lot of time from your from your day. So, if you you know you are one of those hoteliers who work in this uh, business, uh, know that I I do have my full support as a colleague, and you have my full respect as well. Because not everyone is suited for this profession, especially when you are uh, someone who who in a way loves to do their job in the best way possible. So yeah, much respect to you, and know that you are my hero as well as I am mine. So thank you for uh, listening op- all the way to here, if you got all the way to here. Um Again, I know I speak a little bit too fast. Uh, that's a disclaimer that, again, I should have done at the beginning of the episode. But uh, if you are here all the way, I think it's because you probably uh, understood everything that I said. And if not, uh, thank you again because uh, uh that says even more about trying to listen to me. So we're going to leave the episode all the way to here. Uh, please uh, remember to follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, there's another podcast, I think, Radio podcast that is there. Uh, if you're just listening to any, any of those platforms, uh, please follow me. Uh, yeah, and that's the story for today. I will try to make more stories in the future, and just take care of your mental health. Uh, if you're feeling you know, in a bad place, you can't uh, just take some time to do whatever thing you like to do, that will distract you from whatever situation happening right now whether it's a work thing or it's a personal thing and most probably you'll be able to feel a little bit better after you do that thing that you love Uh, and yeah just uh take care of all of you and we'll see you in the next episode thank you very much for listening to me